when I opened my email at 8 o'clock this morning, <clears throat> I was surprised to learn that I was preaching. <laughs> so this is either going to be the shortest sermon you've ever heard at Second Presbyterian Church, or the most meandering, I don't know which, but um, I certainly am celebrating or acknowledging the disruptive work of the Spirit in our midst. I'll leave it for you to discern whether it's in fact the work of the Spirit, right? Um, our lesson this morning comes from the book of Acts, one of my favorite passages. Um, I'm going to be reading from the New Revised Standard Version because frankly, the uh, printed word in the bulletin is very, very small and my eyes are having trouble with it. This is a little bit bigger, so um, here we go. Um, the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of, day of Pentecost had come, they were all gathered together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them ability to speak. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Persia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. Christians and Arabs, in their own language, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? And others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Now you'll note in your passage, in your message in the bulletin, it says, cheap wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, People of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I shall show portents in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. And the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. It's an amazing passage, isn't it? Um, And it's often seen as a reversal of the story of the Tower of Babel. You remember that story, don't you? Genesis chapter 11. um, There was one tribe, and they said, let us make a name for ourselves and build a tower up to the heavens. And God saw what they were doing and scattered them and gave them differing tongues and different cultures and spread them throughout the earth. Now, the traditional interpretation of that story is that it was God's judgment, punishment, because of their pride although pride is never mentioned in the text. Ted Hebert, a very fine biblical scholar, offers a different interpretation. It's the one that I think is the most compelling for us here today. And that is, is the problem here in the Tower of Babel is homogeneity. Homogeneity. (laughs) They were all the same, and God wanted difference. Real difference. Difference of tongue. Difference of culture. And mutuality in that difference. Not a hierarchy of difference where one is better than the other. No, it's, it's real multiplicity. It's real diversity. Um, that's God's intent for creation. African-American scholar Brian Bannum, um, I think, says the same thing uh, uh, in a different way, but says the same thing when he says that God created us for difference. In fact, uh, that's what it means to be in the image of God is to love one another for our differences and to be completed in that difference. Um, in fact, it is, it is uh, what it means to be in the image of God. is not an individual thing, it's a corporate thing. It's to live out of all of our differences, racially, culturally, gender-wise. Paul, in the most radical statement that he, um, that he embraced, uh, in the book of Galatians, said it well when, um, when he said that those who have been baptized in Christ, there is no longer male nor female, there is no longer uh, Jew nor Greek, there is no longer slave or free. All of the diversity of creation, in other words, uh, the hierarchies in, in this diversity, and that's what Paul's talking about, the hierarchies in this diversity have been washed away in baptism. And so to live out our baptism is to live out uh, our difference and to live in community with our difference. That's the power of baptism. 
The power of baptism is, is, is that we, we live with sisters and brothers uh, in a multicultural, multilinguistic, multigendered reality on the face of the earth. And that's what it means to live into the image of God, to have the image of God complete in us. So yes, while it is true that uh, in some sense the image of God uh, is an individual thing, it's also very much a corporate reality. It's what God is calling us to, is to live in the fullness of that. So it was with um, not some shock, but a lot of shock, that I encountered an image uh, soon after January 6th of 2021 of the um, insurrectionist at the Capitol. I've been showing that image to everybody who will look at it, and I've shown it to some of you and ask you what, 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 what you make of it. It's an image of uh, Christians uh, right before the insurrection was about to happen, standing before about a nine-foot cross. One of those Christians has his head on the cross. The others have their hands out um, as if worshiping, as if praying to God that their mission would be complete. Now, um, when I first saw that, I thought, now these must be fringe Christians, right? Hopefully, hopefully that they are fringe Christians. But what we come to find out is not so fringe. Over and over and over, we're, we're, we're being told that maybe this is the beginning of something. In fact, it's what I'm talking about um, after church. It's a little bit of an advertisement for uh, what we're doing in church. Um, in a new book, um, uh, uh, very much new to me, but it just came out in two, uh, 2022, uh, Philip Gorski, uh, Yale sociologist of religion, and Samuel Perry, uh, 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 University of Oklahoma sociologist of religion. Their diversity is interesting in and of itself. Just different parts of the country, one elite, one of kind of on the ground. Um, and they're looking at uh, what they call white Christian nationalism, which is not the same thing as evangelical, they say, because some evangelicals what, uh, reject what white Christian nationalists are affirming. White Christian nationalism, they say, have a deep story, and the deep story is this, that we've been standing in a line for a very long time, and now immigrants and minorities are breaking ranks. They're breaking into the line. And political figures are letting them do it. Political policy letting them do it. And so what we're doing is standing against that. It's populism um, in the worst sense of the word. And it's racist populism at that. Have you ever heard the word dog whistle? Some of you heard that word. It's a word that's very common among uh, 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 political folk. Um, it's, it's a dog whistle, of course, is something that only a dog can hear. When you blow it, only a dog can hear. In political sense, it's language that only certain people can hear, and it's coded language. It's coded language, often racist coded language, to try to make people think that um, uh, racism can be acceptable. What's shocking about what Gorski and Perry are telling us is that today, in some quarters, 
Even the word Christian has become a dog whistle. Even the word Christian. God's vision of the Tower of Babel is not being realized. Or is it? Or is it? Because you see, friends, I think that the book of Acts gives a vision of what God intends. It's a multilingual, multiracial, multicultural vision. The book of Acts is actually God's intent for the creation and the Spirit's work. It's bringing differences together in a way that make us whole. Instead of seeing a hierarchy where white is at the top and the only ones that are true Americans, according to some Christians, according to Gorski and Perry, white nationalist Christians think that. What's happening in the book of Acts is the opposite. It's the actualization of the Tower of Babel, God's intent for the creation that we would be made whole in our differences. That's the Spirit's work in our midst. It's what we celebrate here today. These wonderful multicolored banners, a rainbow stole. We're made whole in these things. And that's what the table is for us today on Pentecost Sunday. It's meant to make us whole. It's God's vision for all of us. You know, there's an ancient commentary on the communion of saints that goes something like this. That the communion of saints, that that phrase, by the way, from the Apostles' Creed, that the communion of saints is all people in all time and all places, past, present, and future, that seek to embody God's just and peaceful ways on the earth. Christian or non-Christian? It's astounding that in the first century, this was a commentary on that phrase in the Apostles' Creed. That the communion of saints are those who stand with us at every time and place, both past, present, and future. In other words, God will not be left without a witness on the earth. Embodying God's justice and God's peace, God's reconciliation, which comes with justice, it comes with reparation too. It comes by embodying difference. There have always been a people, in other words, that provide a witness to that. And the communion of saints are especially present to us as we, as we serve communion, as we partake of communion. Because that's what we're about, is the power of the Spirit making, making us into the body of Christ. That's what communion does for us. When we partake of communion, when we partake of the body and the blood of Christ, we are By the power of the Spirit, raised to heavenly places where the crucified and risen Christ is present for us. 
enabling us to become that for others, to become Jesus for others. We part- as we partake of this table, we are partaking, in other words, of Jesus, God's intent for creation. And we know what Jesus did. He was about healing, and he was about exorcism. Now, the latter may scare us, but exorcism is really about, is really about resisting evil in all times and places. It's resisting the very racism that we see, the very hijacking of Christianity that we see in our midst. And healing is about healing the wounds that we're all about, the division, the separateness that keep us from living fully into the image of God. Keep us fully into living and embodying the abundance that God has in mind for all the creation. When God scattered those people at that tower, it was God's intent that we be diverse, that we be different. And those differences will complete us, will make us whole. May it be so. Let us pray. O God, by the power of your Spirit that we celebrate being poured out on the earth, we do celebrate the diversity of people that we see every day in our lives. Some we know, some we don't know. Those very people, um, the multicultural, multilingual, multigendered people, are the very ones that make us whole, that make us into your image, that enable us to be your body, to be Jesus on the face of the earth, and to heal and to resist evil wherever it is. Help us to be that kind of people. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.